0: Doesn't it seem interesting to you, Diane, that today, you know, like if, like I say, say if we started the show right now, we haven't been having a big conversation already, you know? But I
1: was holding it back.
0: You were holding it back. You have subject matter, but you're Actually, holding it back?
1: Actually, I don't know. We were having a conversation.
0: Yeah, about our siblings and stuff and
1: yeah.
0: those kinds of things. All right. Well, I guess it qualifies then as a perfectly decent... Forty six AM Saturday, june the twentieth, twenty twenty. I'm Bill.
1: I'm Diane.
0: It's the bit and Diane
1: But I really wanted to talk to you when I was
0: (laughs) Did you wanna but you you were holding it back. You you had a thing. Well, is this gonna be something that I'm gonna be? excited about talking about it, or is this going to be something that's going to challenge me it's going to set me back on my heels and make me kind of go up, 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 so that i can come across as someone who doesn't have clear thoughts about things and things like that that i'll be kind you'll of have clear in.
1: thoughts oh. about oh, I will? graceland
0: graceland oh yeah is that what we're talking about yeah oh what about graceland
1: well because it's our our it's gonna be
0: our music today music because we're today. going back to the list of the yeah. Of the influential albums, and that was one that was on your list.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Graceland, I just wanted to say it floored me when I first heard the first song off of it. And I don't know, but I believe the first song I ever heard was Boy in the Bubble.
0: You didn't? It wasn't, you can call me Al?
1: I think it was Boy in the Bubble yeah. that I first heard. And it was just like, electrifying. It was life-changing. I just, there was something so different than anything I'd ever heard when I first heard it. And I immediately went out and bought the album. Because, you know, I've been a Paul Simon fan for a very long time, but I did not buy all of his albums. Uh I mean, one of the differences between you and me, I think, is that I was a little bit more frugal about Purchasing well, albums. I think I think because... music
0: was the one extravagance that I allowed myself. Yeah, pretty much all through my life. If I had money, you know, like as a teenager, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. If I had money, it, I spent it on records. That was it. That was the thing. Yeah. I just I gave you know because I couldn't not have these things in my life, because I would listen to them over and over and over. And so I yeah I was. I was up on all the Paul Simon stuff, and uh, I was, you know, I was, because, you know, before Graceland, it was Hearts and Bones. I was worried about Paul. Paul was in a slump. I knew that Paul was in a slump, Uh, although I loved Hearts and Bones. I thought it was a great album, but I knew that it was intended, had been intended to be a Simon and Garfunkel record, and that, you know, I was kind of like, why is this Simon, why is he going back to Simon and Garfunkel? Well, because before Hearts and Bones was One Trick Pony which was not only a, an album of music, but was a film project that Paul Simon had done and that had not gone well either. And I thought the album One Trick Pony was great, although I did not care much for the movie. The movie's a little thin. So I knew Paul was in a slump. But when Graceland came out, I was like, okay, well, slump over. <laughs> slump over, Paul. Because he was making... Uh, it was the same kind of... It was still Paul Simon's songs, uh, but it was... Completely, uh, he had entered a whole new phase, uh, not only in the uh, uh, you know the musical influences that were that were all over the place, but also in the way he was composing lyrics and the way he was putting the songs together and stuff like that. So, yeah,
1: yeah. it just blew me away. And so whenever I think about if I had to choose out ten of my most influential albums, which is what my idea was for that that uh challenge graceland was definitely one because it was the first cd i ever bought hmm. i you know out of all the cds that i could choose i thought i want to listen to that
0: first cd i ever bought Hearts and bones
1: really yeah
0: that was the very first cd i ever owned it was paul simon's hearts and bones
1: i got um i got two albums to try out our new cd player and it was graceland and beethoven's uh, ode to joy mm-hmm. and on both of them when i heard them and the cd i wept because it was so magnificent yeah. <laughs> to hear yeah.
0: yeah the sonic palette in graceland was extraordinary and you know that the fact that he was you know splicing pieces of tape together and stuff like that in the studio and that it was roy halley that he was working with and stuff like that it was just like it was old home week for paul it was like paul had found his paul had got his groove back kind of thing and uh, it was very nice although i don't think he ever lost his groove as a songwriter because you know one trick pony and hearts and bones have some great songs like train in the distance Renee and Georgette Magritte and Oh Marian and you know there's just some amazing song one uh uh, well the song One Trick Pony or How the Heart Approaches When It Yearns you know stuff like that.
1: Yeah it's true. But see I didn't have those albums. Uh I've always been kind of spotty and when it was sort of like when I felt like I could afford an album and I'd heard a song that I just couldn't live without, hmm. and then I would buy the album. Yeah. But I think it was always a little bit scary to me because I knew I'd just spend out all my money if I bought every album I wanted. Yeah. But I was not as familiar with some of the, the you know, because when, when Paul Simon was first out solo, right. his first uh, first album what was that called? Paul Simon. Paul Simon, that's what I thought. Yeah. I liked it, but it it wasn't as influential to me as the Simon and Garfunkel. It wasn't. What can I say? Yeah, well it
0: was there, you know. Yeah. It was a it was a different kind of thing, but man, I I there's some stuff on there. Poob <laughs> baby. <laughs> it's a great album
1: it is a great album but
0: but but when it first came out i know it was like after simon and garfunkel split up it was like (laughs) and then you know it's like it's like the album mccartney you know
1: yeah when
0: paul mccartney put out that album it was like. well that's why i want to say hey
1: now i feel like i have a lot more appreciation for it than i did when i was in high school because i i just loved the harmonies and and everything and i was just um i was too young to listen to it at that time when i when
0: i first heard the Paul simon record i was like okay well this is simon and garfunkel this is simon if 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 this was a simon and garfunkel record it would be this only with those harmonies right With, with with uh you know and maybe uh Artie would have sung lead on a couple of these songs but it's the same it's the the music has hadn't changed it was exploratory uh it was you know he was trying new musical influences even then you know I mean because he's done that throughout his career people think that he kind of appropriated the the South African sounds uh in Graceland that that was there was something kind of out of character in that but he had been doing it all the way through there was reggae on this first album he yeah. did lots of like dixieland and stuff like that on there goes ryman simon it's all about right that kind of new orleans kind of um papa kind of uh you know stuff he'd been exploring different uh, musical uh, genres throughout his uh, career and if there was something that was a little more flat about one trick pony Hearts and Bones it's that he wasn't that he didn't really it wasn't anchored in a particular musical genre the way some of his other albums had been you know and then the stuff that he has done since then like Rhythm of the Saints Rhythm of the Saints I like that so much more than Hearts than uh, Graceland I just do as a to this day I find that a much more satisfying record than Graceland although Graceland is you know it's Graceland is like iconic so you can't you can't touch it. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like a world unto itself. But for it me, a world unto I, itself. I could listen to Rhythm of the Saints over and over and over and over. Just like this that all that good rhythmic stuff that he was doing on there and stuff like that, and uh, the way the lyrics were just kind of you know, really oblique lyrics. And st- I don't know. I just thought it was an amazing achievement. And I've thought that about several of the albums he's done since then. The one he did with Brian Eno. I think it's called Surprise. I thought it was just fantastic. You know, so it's hard for Paul to disappoint me.
1: He's never disappointed me. Yeah. And in fact, the other influential album on my list was Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time, yeah. which came into my life uh, through my aunt and uncle gave my, I think they gave my brother the album for a birthday and then my, br- my brother and I always kind of shared our records and both of us were just absolutely loved that album and up until that time all we had ever listened to was classical music and you know musicals and we didn't venture out very much mm-hmm. and our cousins were the ones that had suggested it to my aunt and uncle to give it to yeah. him is my recollection. And I will never forget listening to, um, a dangling conversation with my parents and they were (laughs) weeping (laughs) and we were just, we didn't have any knowledge of it yet. We just thought it was a beautiful song and, uh, it's just amazing. So yeah, he's an amazing, amazing songwriter.
0: True that. Well, I didn't know that was going to be the topic.
1: Well, I didn't I'm know we sorry. Were
0: jump right into the whole. Music. I wanted
1: to jump right into it because I, that's I that that's what I was thinking about. But
0: I mean, you know, we could do. I mean, when I was because we were talking about Joni Mitchell out in the kitchen a little while ago. Yeah. For the roses, you know, it's like we could, you know, we could spend months in just taking Joni Mitchell or Paul Simon in sequence, Oh, doing man. an album a week and or even a, a couple of songs a week and. Because there's so many on both of those counts. And same thing with James Taylor and several other people, because James Taylor is somebody. I mean, what I think I, what happened to me is I realized okay, there's certain songwriters, I'm going to buy everything they write because I just, I've loved everything they've written so far. So you had Paul Simon, you had James Taylor, um, you had uh, Jim Croce in his day, and Harry Ch- Chapin in his day, um, Gordon Lightfoot, Bruce Coburn. When I discovered Bruce Coburn later, um, he became one of those too, um, and you know, of course, Jethro Tull. Well, there's there's certain artists that when I discovered these artists, I'm sorry, I'm buying it. I want everything they've done. Like, cause I didn't get into James Taylor until the album, uh, Gorilla.
1: Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. Which
0: had, uh, you know, uh, what Ooh, like, Boy. Let's go. There's good coffee.
1: Uh, Share sure, with the people? No, really that, that was in the
0: pocket. I had uh, Lighthouse, um, a bunch of other songs that I really liked. I heard that, and then I bought all the James Taylor that had been up to that point. And I couldn't believe that I hadn't gotten into James Taylor before that. I mean, I, I knew of James Taylor. I heard the songs that were on the radio and stuff like that, but I mean, Gorilla came out in like 74 or something like that, and he'd been around since... Sixty-nine. So I was like, "Wow!" So I filled in all that back catalog when I bought Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, I did not fill in Gordon Lightfoot's back catalog. The first Gordon Lightfoot album I bought was Don Quixote, and then I found Gord's Gold in the in the budget tapes and records parking lot, which I thought was a Gord's Gold kind of filled in the back catalog for me, in a way, but I probably shouldn't have. And then I bought Sit Down, Young Stranger. Uh, the album "Sit Down, Young Stranger," which was renamed, if you could read my mind, and then everything after that, I bought. And, uh, so, that's kind of how it worked for me. I just, so, you know, if I had if I had five dollars in my pocket, I would go buy a record. It didn't feel like it didn't feel frivolous. It felt essential.
1: Well, when I heard Graceland, I also. Realized how much I love it when musicians explore other cultures uh, Sounds and mix them in with their own Mm -hmm. because Peter Gabriel is another one that I feel did that so beautifully and I just Love it Love that diversity within song. It just makes me feel so happy, you know and when I was listening to the Graceland in my head, because I didn't hear the whole thing, I was thinking, which ones should we choose? And at first, I was thinking about maybe doing Boy in the Bubble because it's the first song and and the last song, All Around the World, Myth of Fingerprints. Mm-hmm. But I really just love the the harmonies on Diamonds in the Soul on the Soles of Her Shoes so much. I I just thought that sound was amazing. Yep. Like nothing I'd ever heard before.
0: Joseph Shabalala, who recently passed away.
1: And he continued to perform with Paul Simon, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. On occasion, yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I always feel like (laughs) my relationship to albums is just so personal. It's not anything where I know that much about what was really going on except that i did learn a lot about graceland because of the that album series that they were having classic albums Hmm. and they would talk about the what the impetus was and uh, go through the different tracks and all that and i really enjoyed the one that was talking about graceland because it was talking about uh, his exploration of that music and And how it even came about seems sort of magical, so
0: somebody sent him a cassette, yeah, and he was driving in a car and listening to this cassette yeah. Lady Smith,
1: Black Mambazo. It's pretty amazing. true that, true that. but anyway, that's. I don't know my. This week has been such a blur because uh, I'm in my busy season at work and I'm, uh, and I'm feeling it, man. Yeah. So, uh, I was just telling you in the kitchen before the the conversation we were having is I was saying, yeah, music has really been my salvation during this time. And then all of a sudden I said, actually, <laughs> music has been my salvation during my whole life is basically the mm-hmm. deal, but. Uh, but really listening to music uh, really brings me such peace and joy during a time that is really troubling that I'm really grateful that that is a part of my life. If all I had was the news right now, it would be pretty bleak. So I celebrate this aspect of my life with all my heart.
2: Low day, And the sun was beating on the soldiers by the side of the road There was a bright night, a shattering of shop windows The bomb in the baby carriage was wired to the radio These are the days of miracle and wonder This is the long distance call The way the camera follows us in slow-mo The way we look to a song and it swept across the desert and curled into the circle of blue. And the dead sand falling on the children, the mothers, and the fathers, and the automatic earth. These are the days of miracle and wonder. This is the long distance call. The way the camera follows us in slow The way we look to us all, oh yeah. The way that's dying in a corner of the sky These are the days of miracle and wonder And don't cry, baby, don't cry, don't cry It's a turnaround Jump shot. It's everybody jump start. It's every generation throws a hero up the pop charts. Medicine is magical. And magical is art Think of the boy in the bubble and the baby with the and the heart. And I believe these are days. Of lasers in the jungle. Lasers in the jungle somewhere. Staccato signals of constant information. A loose affiliation of millionaires and billionaires and baby. These are the days of miracle and wonder This is a long-distance call The way the camera follows us in slow-mo The way we look to us all, oh yeah The way we look to a distant constellation That's dying in the corner of the sky These are the days of miracle and wonder And don't cry, baby, don't cry She's a rich girl, she don't try to hide it Diamonds on the soles of her shoes He's a poor boy, empty as a pocket a- empty as a, a pocket with nothing home. to lose. Sing tanana, Nana, she, she got diamonds on the, the soles of a shoe. To Nana, tanana. she got diamonds on the soles of a shoe. 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 And I could say ooh, 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 ooh. as if everybody knows what I'm talking about as if everybody would know exactly what I was talking about I'm talking about diamonds on the soles of shoes When he makes the sign of a wave. The poor boy changes clothes and he puts on aftershave to compensate for his ordinary shoes. And she said, Honey, take me dancing. But they ended up by sleeping in a doorway by the bodegas and the lights on over Broadway, wearing diamonds on the soles of their shoes. I could say ooh, ooh, ooh. And everybody you know what I was talking about I mean everybody you would know exactly what I was talking about I'm Talking about that uh, 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 uh.